0: Hello and welcome to the Big Fat Fintech Quiz of the Year. I'm Ali Patterson. September is a month when we celebrate one of my favourite national holidays, Talk Like a Pirate Day. With that in mind, let's find out, oh my god, let's find out who the panellists are. On my right, from Nationwide, we have... Matt
1: Perks, I'm the delivery Lead for Open Banking at Nationwide Building Society working to deliver the capabilities we need to provide to meet the requirements of the CMA order and payment service Directive two legislation. And you're a bank, right? No, absolutely not. Commonly confused, we get lumped in with the CMA9, we get lumped in with the group. We're not a bank, we are a mutual organisation for our members, funded by our members. The benefit of which means we don't have shareholders to make profit for, so we can focus very much on the things that will add real value for our members.
2: And from Earthport, we have flying in from New York, Valley Ardalan, I look after uh, strategy and marketing. We do cross-border payments for uh, large enterprise businesses and banks. Excellent, and also on the subject of payments, we also have from the ATM Industry Association.
3: Hi, my name's Ron Del Nevo and I go around the world talking about payments, and I'm considered to be a thought leader, at least by myself.
0: Good afternoon. Ron, I've told uh, Lame and our camera team that you usually hand out cash at events. I do. So I, I, I'll, I'll get him to speak with you afterwards. Absolutely, there's plenty in my pocket, and it's staying there. <laughs> For now. And to the left, Liz, you, you, you've you, never been on a panel before, with an all-male panel, have you?
4: Oh my god, it's never, ever happened to me, ever. Oh my
0: god, it's, it's a so first. It's
4: a first for everything. Um, do you want me to introduce myself Absolutely.
0: So from Fintech Talents, we have.
4: So I'm Liz Lumley, uh, in that one, can you talk to that one? Yeah. Can I talk to you? You can talk
0: to me, you can talk to that one. Oh
4: my lord, I'm Liz Lumley. Uh, and if you don't know who I am, then you haven't been in Fintech for very long. Um, so I've been around for a while. Most recently, we have a new company called VC Innovations and we put together uh, community content and events for innovation industries. So of course Fintech Talents was our first uh, launch this year. Next year we're launching Fintech for Life, which is looking at Fintech for the over 55 market. And we're also going to launch AI Tech Talents and Cybersecurity Tech Talents as well onto the industry.
0: Excellent. And we also have from Wealthify...
5: Hi, I'm Mike Normansar from Wealthify. We're a digital wealth management uh, service. Uh, so we take people's money and we manage it for them and uh, help them make it work harder.
0: We, we could edit it where you just say we take people's money and we can just we can put a cut there if you want to just for. A, uh, we, don't, don't do that. Oh, and lastly, from G and D we have. Yep, my name's Andy Ramsden from G and D. We're based
6: in Munich, but we're a global company delivering um, mobile solutions to banks
0: and financial services. Right, you guys have got to come up with a team name.
4: (laughs) High five.
0: (laughs) We've got team high five and...
3: We're called Pagents, the men that matter in payments.
0: (laughs) Excellent, and Pagents. Fantastic, right. At the start of September, TSB chief Paul Pester stepped down after seven years in charge, following, shall we say, a, a wee bit of bad luck. An investigation into the IT problems meant that a lot of his performance-related pay was held back pending investigation, meaning his goodbye package was reduced. How much money was he left with for walking away? Do you want to write your answers down? How much money did Paul Pester get for walking away from TSB?
4: Any yeah, idea?
0: No idea. Consult the Google? It has to be something exceed, like, $20 Have we got uh, answers? Yeah. Right, let's go with team high five first. 20 million pounds, wowza. We've gone with 4 million pounds. 4 million pounds. Well, it's going to go to who's closest. (laughs) It was only 1.7 million pounds. Ah. Only 1.7 million.
3: (laughs) (laughs) God, I feel uh, sorry for him.
0: What's the uh, thoughts on on TSB?
3: Well, I see they've said that because of the uh, IT problems, they're going to retain more branches. So that's just indicative of a bank that's starting to think, now, oh branches may have an important part to play in customer service which is a great thing I know that nationwide think that already.
1: Absolutely we've been committed to continued investment in our branch network for years now it's the backbone of our organization it's how we engage with our members and how we ensure that we can offer them the services they need at the time they need it by the channel they need it it's a really important part of any large organization. Sure, exactly.
3: You couldn't call yourself nationwide if you only had one yeah, branch and quite, you? you? <laughs> nationwide means branches around the country well done nationwide
0: would uh, Wealthify ever open uh, branches for wealth management?
5: Uh, well, we'd never say never. If there was a, a need for customers or a, you know a, 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 a demand for customers to come in and speak to somebody um, before they invested or like about their investments, then uh, then yeah, absolutely. We you know we love to talk to our customers. You know we're not just a fully digital online brand. We're very much a human team. Uh, you know, despite the robo-investing label, which is a terrible name, by the way. You know, we're just using technology to improve the customer experience wherever we can, but at the end of the day, if somebody wants to pick up the phone and speak to us, then absolutely great. Brilliant, excellent. What what are your thoughts on
0: uh, the whole TSB
6: scenario? Well, some shocking stories of people losing, like, Seventeen thousand pounds, and some people waiting two years to get their debit card replaced. And uh, you know, when you compare that with the Monzos and the Starlings and the Revoluts, these guys have got to up their game, I think, big time. But.
4: Yeah, I mean, putting two uh, financial organisations together is difficult. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're putting that infrastructure together. That that was basically the core of what happened with DSB and Bank of of and. Um, you know, which is why we're seeing a, like, much more success with banks that are built from
6: the
0: ground up. Legacy systems is an only excuse you can only use for so long, right? Um. Excellent, excellent. Right, let's move on to question two. Sorry, that is a point for team pageants
3: for, for getting closer there. So
0: well done, uh, well done, guys. Only the first of many. In a move that literally defined the word fintech, Webster's Dictionary added fintech and 839 other words, including haptics and biohacking. But when was the first known use of the word fintech? And this was July that the word fintech was added to the dictionary. First use of the word fintech.
3: I'd say I like
1: 2000, would you? Wow. Do we want to go a bit No hesitation there, Liz. That was. <laughs>
0: there is a point on the table for whoever is closest. Team high five.
4: 1985. Uh,
0: 1985.
4: Peter Knight uh, had a newsletter in the Sunday Times called FinTech. Um, Also when I worked at Waters Information Services in New York in the 1990s, the term FinTech was used liberally throughout the office by a man named Peter Harris, who founded Dealing with Technology, which is a trading infrastructure newsletter in London in the early 90s. Uh, My boss at the time was a man named David Longobardi, who went to become contact director of Source Media, which publishes American Banker, which some people also believe was the first recorded use of the term fintech in the American Banker magazine, of which David Longobardi was Editor-in-Chief, and fintech was used in the New York office in the 90s. So it was actually 1985, but in our world, it appeared in American Banker in about 2000. Uh,
0: Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Team Pay Guys first use of the word fintech. Went with 1999. 1999. That ties in with what you were saying about the year 2000. But, Merriam-Webster lists it as 1971.
5: Which is 1971,
0: (laughs) for the first use of the word fintech.
4: Yeah, but they were talking about tech in Finland.
0: As a point to Team Hi5 for being closest. And you definitely know more about that in terms of (laughs) active usage there. Excellent, excellent. Right. Two questions about banks now. Firstly, which bank was whacked with a 775 million euro fine over failings to prevent money laundering in July?
4: July?
3: No. no the money laundering wasn't in July.
0: <laughs> was oh, the, 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 the money laundering wasn't in July. The money laundering was over quite a long period. You lost
3: that much in one yeah, month? That's yeah. incredible.
0: There might be some Italian
1: banks that used to do it back in the 60s. Probably not recently. Are you guys all written down an
0: answer? Well, oh, you have. Oh. We've got a split decision. Oh, oh. We're going for two points, not just one. Team Pagents, which bank are we going for? It was ING. ING, ING is the correct answer. Yeah, we had ING. We, we had, had ING ING, ING and <laughs> ING, and, oh, you get the ING. So that is a point to each one for ING. The bank says there were serious shortcomings in the execution of customer due diligence policies to prevent financial economic crime at ING Netherlands between 2010 and 2016. How do you launder that much money in a period like that? I mean, you must be... You must be putting a lot of effort into that to get that much money going efficiently. through. <laughs> efficiently. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that's a sign of an efficient bank. With that much
1: money, you can afford to be professional. Yeah. I don't think it was actually ING that did the money laundering. I, I think it was failings in their processes that allowed it to happen. So people who were trying to launder money found the loopholes in ING's processes and were able to exploit them over a lengthy period of time. And that led to such a substantial number coming to bear. Right? But I don't think ING were necessarily complicit in it. So when, I think it was, Kus Tammerman had to Stepped down as CFO on the back of the scandal, largely protecting the CEO at the time. It was the shortcomings in their control framework, their ability to govern money laundering that caused the issue, rather than active participation. The worrying thing about all these money laundering cases is that they find ING,
3: but they Knee-jerk reaction then damages a lot of small businesses who have no money laundering because usually there's an overreaction. And how many small businesses have gone out of business because they can't get proper banking facilities because we're trying to protect against money laundering. So we need to be careful of not overreacting, to be honest with you. These rich people will get away, and rich criminals will get away with it anyway. Let's not punish the little people who are just trying to do honest business because we bring in measures which are too extreme.
0: Cue round of applause track. (laughs) (laughs) back home in the UK over 500 million was stolen from bank customers in the first half of 2018 but what percentage of that was due to authorised push payments I got a few of these, actually.
3: you like Jeremy Paxman.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like that, it's like that.
3: Well, not quite, you're nice. You, you wouldn't get this problem yeah, with cash, though, would
0: you You don't get a push notification <laughs> saying...
3: <laughs> you don't need to. No, no. <laughs> no authorization required, already authorized.
0: Right, team high five. What answer have you put? So we
2: think it's 29%. 29%? We've also gone with 29%. 29%, can you see my answers? But we can... <laughs> we'd like to throw in a little maybe extra Additional comment on that: that oh, 90 million of that was on consumer fraud, and 50 million of it was on business fraud. Oh, I
0: don't think I'll give an extra point for that. but that is, that is, that is, that is oh, about, it
5: is, it is, watch is watch at least a half a Well, that, that does that does co- correspond with our figure, which is about 145 million of the 500 million. Uh, was the push payment? I'm, I'm not giving you any any bonus, any bonus points for that. <laughs> You've done a well, formula that, that, as well. You actually use two answers and still get a point, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've got to try. And out of those, two thirds were purchase scams, whose victims paid in advance for a product or service, such as a car or holiday rental, which was not received or did not exist. Have uh, any of you uh, been subject to scams?
6: No, but what was interesting was
0: that I didn't realise
6: that for those push payments, you're not protected. Like you are for a regular scam.
4: Yeah, but so they're they're looking into the it though. In it now. Yeah. But so the, the regulator's been really looking at these push payment scams to to um, especially on the first instance, you know, because with faster payments, once the payment leaves, it can't come back. But it's not it's it's not irrevocable, but it can be irrefutable. So this is what the regulator is looking at. So if if you can kind of prove that this was something you were scammed out of, especially the first time, you could possibly get your money back. But they're looking at some sort of guarantees.
1: It's called the contingency liability model, and it's been pushed by the payment system regulator, and it's PayUK who are implementing it. And there will be a couple of initiatives like request to pay and confirmation of pay, which are intentionally designed to try and combat app scam because it is the fastest rising form of you know, fraud that we're experiencing right now through the payments rails. We're on to the final question.
0: The decision maker. Is this the home and away round, like in the question of sport? According to Total Crypto, 72% of all crypto trading is carried out by just five countries. But, can you name them? You get a point for each and a bonus two points if you get them all in order. Uh, so and this is for one, the,
2: the win. USA, UK, Russia, Mexico, Latin America, USA,
0: Russia, we correct? Are you googling it? <laughs> <No>? <laughs> right, team pageants, which countries have you got and which order? We went with
2: China, US, UK, South Korea and Mexico. And Mexico, okay. So we've gone for USA 1, Russia
6: 2, UK 3, Venezuela 4 and China 5. You are
0: one hundred percent correct yeah. there. One hundred percent correct. <laughs> what? That's pretty good. One hundred percent correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who did you cross out out of curiosity? Uh, Israel. Israel. Yeah.
6: Yeah. yeah. But what was interesting is Japan were bottom, like forty-fourth, and you didn't expect it. Really? With the founder of this stuff, Yakuboto. Yeah. Yeah. Well, supposedly. Yeah. yeah supposedly.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Excellent. That is right. USA, twenty-two point eight percent. Russia, sixteen point five percent. The UK eleven point seven percent, Venezuela eleven point two percent. That that's kind of that that was the cheeky one. Have they got an arrangement with ING? <laughs> and uh, China nine point eight percent, which means that the winner is Team High Five. So well done, guys. Uh, well done, well done. <laughs> Bye luck, hey, agents. No shame in being second. No shame in being second. <laughs> and that's it. Before we go, there's just time to hear a little more about our panelists. So let's start with G and D because I know you guys are in that incredibly secure building in Munich. Yeah, we are, yeah. So we're headquartered in Munich. Uh, We're traditionally known
6: for bank cards and SIM cards, so physical security and currency, of course. But more recently, we were involved in mobile security as well, so mobile payments, paying with your phone, uh, mobile authentication, so securing banking apps, and KYC and onboarding for customers to avoid things like happened in ING.
0: (laughs) And where, Where can we find you apart from turning up on your doorstep in Munich?
6: Yeah, well, we're a global company. I'm based in the UK. So uh, you can find me hanging around London and coffee shops. But um, yeah, we're a global business. We're very active in all continents. So um, yeah, we're, we're
0: everywhere. Excellent. And where can we find out more about Wealthify other than on the uh, Starling Marketplace?
5: Well, apart from the Starling Marketplace, you can find us at wealthify.com. Um, we're also on the App Store, um, iOS and Android. Um, so you can download the app and uh, and, and go from there, um, and hopefully you'll hear and see about us on uh, the media and uh, newspapers and so on and so forth. So uh, yeah, we we are everywhere. And Liz, where can we find out more about you?
4: Yeah, uh, you can look at fintechtalents.com. You can get fintechforlife.com. You can get uh, an exclusive invite to the Fintech Cocktail Club, when one's coming up next.
0: You're the founder of the Fintech Cocktail I'm Club. I'm one of the founders
4: of Fintech Cocktail Club. Um, or you can do my personal blog, which is girl-disrupted.com.
0: Ron, where can we find out more about you? Yeah.
3: Well, in your magazines. Yes. Every month. But uh, the thing that we're really working very hard on is uh, innovation now. We want to see more innovation at ATMs. Uh, For instance, better interfaces between smartphones and ATMs so that people can withdraw their cash without having to use a card. But equally, we want to see a host of more transactions at ATMs, especially in countries like the UK where we're losing all our bank branches because smart ATMs can be a great replacement for bank branches. So we're really focused on not talking about the past, but the future and ATM innovation and making cash and smart technology work hand in hand to the benefit of the public.
0: And aside from uh, putting cash in a suitcase and getting on a flight, how can you make uh,
2: cross-border payments at Earthport faster? So we've been focusing a lot on our network and um, now offering local settlement in over 88 countries around the world. It's funny, it's still, the world is seems to be getting more and more connected, but it's still very complex to send money um, from A to B. Uh, and so we spend a lot of our time, if not all of it, on trying to simplify that process from start to finish for our clients. Um, and uh, it's a continually evolving landscape and and process for us to do. And where can we find out more about Earthport? Earthport Earthport.com, we're based uh, head office here in the UK. We have offices in uh, New York, Miami, San Francisco, and Singapore.
0: And lastly, Nationwide, where can we find out more about you guys and yourself?
1: You can visit our website at www.nationwide.co.uk or just Google Nationwide Building Society. Nationwide is the world's largest mutual building society. We have 50 million members here in the UK. But what I want to offer up actually is a bit of a story that we had in September. So we added £1.3 billion to our investment in delivering future change for our members to bring about more value from them. And that brings our corporate plan investment up to about $4.1 billion for the period ahead. But that $1.3 billion, really interestingly, will be spent on quite significant investment in tech. So we will be hiring up to 1,000 new people to come in and do roles like engineering and supporting those engineers to make them really effective at delivering digital capabilities for our members.
0: And where's your Christmas advert as well? That's what I'm waiting for. Oh, That's a good oh, question. Uh,
1: based on the theme we've had with our kind of social adverts recently, I, it could be anything. More
0: poems, I'm not sure yet. So thank you very much to all our panelists, and I'll leave you with news that in Ipswich, a pub called the Boot have given their tills the proverbial, and they no longer accept cash.
3: Oh, oh! Find some holy water to pour on them. But it's a pub. Well, they should be selling it over the counter. Thank you very much. We'll uh, we'll be back for
5: October.